Okay, so next we want to look at um, at the causes or origins of sexual orientation. That is, what leads a particular person to develop the sexual orientation that they have. Uh, where does it come from? Um, uh, and um, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about here, uh, particularly particularly with regard to um, uh, bio, research on biological origins of sexual orientation. Um, so just um, glancing at my slides to come, I think I'm probably going to end up um, cutting this into uh, maybe two, um, two segments on origins of sexual orientation, looking at generalities and more psychological, social, or psych, uh, psychological, sociological kinds of um, uh, explanations first, and then maybe break, and then do... Uh, uh, a segment on uh, biological orient biological origins. Okay, so let's see. Um, to um, to start with a conclusion, um, I do this sometimes. Uh, you might have noticed that um, uh, where we start with a conclusion uh, and then look at some of the data. Uh, I don't need to keep you in suspense about this. Um, what we what we seem to know now boils down to that um, that it's not an either or. It's not either uh, biology or culture. Uh, that there is some mix of those kinds of factors. Uh, there are folks who will. Um, this is one place where folks will still take a take an extreme view of either way, saying that it's entirely biological or entirely socio uh, psychological or sociological or cultural. Um, uh, but the truth seems to be somewhere in the middle. Still, we got to look at, you know, uh, which one is more important and how do those things work and how do they even interact, right? Uh, so it's a complex question. Um, a few things, uh, though, going along with this, um, this uh, starting with the conclusion. Um, first off, neither heterosexuality nor homosexuality nor bisexuality has a single cause. So we can't say um, that it's because of this one thing. Um, this is, you, you know, you've taken psychology classes before, you know that this is true for most things in psychology, that we can't nail down any cause of human behavior to one thing, uh, that it's almost always going to be a combination of things. We've tried out a lot of the simple answers, and they didn't work because they were insufficient, right? Uh, humans are more complex than that. And so we do come now to more complex answers, um, uh, complex multi-causality of things, uh, but that seems to be a reflection of just the way that human beings are. We're just more complex creatures. Uh, and so when it comes right down to it, uh, we've got an interaction of biological, psychological, social, cultural influences to produce an individual person's sexual orientation, whether that be heterosexual, homosexual, bisexual, or even something else. Um, the other thing about this, too, is that um, uh, even in talking about um, homosexual sexual orientations, we got to talk about male and female homosexuality different, uh, separately because um, they do seem to develop along different developmental trajectories, different developmental paths. Uh, and so... Um, uh, unfortunately, most uh, unfortunately we don't have a whole lot of research on female homosexuality. Uh, most of the research uh, that has tried to look at the origins of sexual orientation uh, for homosexuals has focused on gay men, and um, and when people have tried to generalize uh, from gay men to lesbians, it doesn't always work, uh, and um, and so there are some significant differences there. Uh, so so the research is lacking in some. Uh, big areas here. Um, you know, for example, um, most uh, um, most gay men 
uh, will, in looking back at their development, uh, will report that they had same-sex fantasies prior to the age of 12. Um, that's not true for most um, uh, most lesbians. Most lesbians uh, have had sexual relationships with males. Um, many lesbians uh, identify as lesbian later in their development, uh, after a period of identifying as either um, heterosexual or bisexual. Um, um, and in fact, it's not uncommon at all for females uh, to go through um, uh, in their development, first seeing themselves as heterosexual, uh, then seeing themselves as bisexual, and then finally identifying as as uh, lesbian. Um, and maybe not uh, identifying as lesbian until they're um, you know, into their late twenties or thirties or forties or something like that, and so we have different, uh, definite patterns, differences in pattern here, um, uh, and some of this, well, uh, some of this may indicate that um, uh, that we've got to talk about the origins of sexual orientation. I'm sorry, the over origins of homosexuality as uh, separately from males and females. Unfortunately, like I said, most of the research so far has seemed to um, uh, focus on uh, men. What research there is, there's not even a lot of that. Uh, if we go for first to a um, an old psychological um, explanation of sexual orientation, uh, we go back to Freud and psychodynamic explan explanations. Um, you've probably heard me say before in this course that um, that if you ask Freud about just about anything having to do with uh, a person's individual um, gender, sexuality, sexual behaviors, a lot of stuff like that, his answer is going to come back to the phallic stage of development, uh, where that Oedipal complex or Electra complex would presumably happen. Just about anything, uh, Freud would say, um, uh, would have its roots in that um, time period of a person's development. And that's because he thought that's where pretty much everything happened with regard to uh, a person's sexual development, where we develop our own sense of ourselves as a gendered being, uh, who we're sexually attracted to, a lot of stuff like that, right? So it all comes back, according to Freud, to the phallic stage. He's wrong about this, of course, but, uh, but this was um, uh, influential for a while. Um, Freud believed that um, uh, that there were essentially um, some kinds of uh, particular dynamics in the parental relationship uh, that could predict or lead to um, uh, homosexuality in children. Uh, and so essentially he said that if the mother was domineering and overprotective, uh, and the father was kind of weak and detached, that that was essentially the formula uh, for a male child to become homosexual. Um, and a lot of this, um, uh, the logic of this, I guess, in Freud's mind comes down to that um, uh, that this boy is uh, is learning his gendered behavior and his uh, from his father, uh, but that father is weak and detached, Ma mother is domineering, no protective, uh, and he thought that that was the formula for male homosexuality. Um, for uh, for female homosexuality, he believed that um, that a pattern involving uh, a cold, rejecting, or even detached and distant mother, and a more or less absent father, physically absent or just plain, you know, emotionally absent or not there very much, uh, he thought was a pattern for fem was the um, 
pattern that would lead to female homosexuality. This, of course, is not supported by research. And um, and uh, if you notice, this would even predict that um, that all the boys and girls of a particular family group should have the same sexual orientation, right? <laughs> all right? How could the same domineering, overprotecting mother and weak, detached father lead to one male homosexual and three male heterosexuals in a family unit. And that kind of stuff is very common, right? So how could that possibly be? Freud didn't really have an answer for that. I don't know if you even addressed the question, but um, this um, this idea, uh, of course, was um, influential for a while, and it's caused a lot of damage. Um, this is where a lot of the um, uh, you know the recommendations for how you raise your kids uh, and you could possibly do it wrong, and they could end up being um, having a different sexual orientation. Um, then you know a lot of that comes from that. You know, if you let your boys play with boy toys, it's going to make them gay and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and that kind of stuff uh, we know is not true, but it was. Um, but it was mainstream kind of medical recommendation for a while, right? And so a lot of those kinds of ideas uh, have hung around. Um, uh, this, by the way, also is, um, uh, is something that people have to consider when they, uh, when they, um, come out, uh, as far as if they were to come out as gay or bi in particular, uh, that, um, uh, that parents themselves are often likely to see that as somehow their fault or that they did something to make that happen. And so we often have to address that, uh, with parents and family members, um, uh, Let's see. Um, there is a uh, social learning theory of sexual orientation, um, and if you remember when we looked at um, issues related to gender, uh, there was also some social learning kinds of propositions here, and this makes sense logically, um, but um, but it doesn't really pan out this way in the real world. Uh, so, uh, so essentially, this is the idea that um, that people would be rewarded or punished for particular kinds of sexual attractions and sexual behaviors so that if uh, somebody showed a same sex sex attraction showed that in public to somehow some way and got punished for it or rebuked for it that they would be less likely to do that now as i said that sort of makes logical sense in the in the sense of what we know about rewards and punishments um and um um uh, operant conditioning. Uh, however, this is not. This doesn't seem to account for uh, the way people develop sexual orientation. One of the one of the biggest um, uh, pieces of evidence against this is that um, what we find is that overall the incidence of uh, homosexuality and bisexuality are pretty much the same across cultures even if those cultures are very vehemently anti-homosexual or anti-bisexual. Um, so I hope that makes sense, that you would expect then that, um, that in those kind of cultures, social learning theory would predict that you would have far fewer people who were uh, gay or bi because of the um, uh, amount of punishment that would be involved there, right? Um, but that's not what happens. What we find is that... Um, um, uh, prevalence of um, uh, homosexuality and bisexuality are about the same, even in cultures that are very tolerant and cultures that are very intolerant. So that suggests that it's much less about uh, culture and um, uh, experience with punishment um, and much more about um, uh, biological uh, tendencies. 
Uh, so that'll be the next topic. So I'll go ahead and break there. Here come the bongos.